0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Sonny preached out relationships and I'm here to preach about entire... Just kidding, just kidding, jokes, jokes. Uh, again, we're continuing our series talking about uh, relationships. Man, I really got the pastors in the front row with that one. Um... <laughs> Thanks, Sonny, so much for your word, and just it's so good to so good to be doing life and this journey of pastoring uh, with you as well. We honour you, and mean it was a great word. If you missed it online. Go check it out on YouTube. It's just going to be a great, great time. Um, for those of you I haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here at Elevation. I've been married to my beautiful wife just over a year now, 16 months. It uh, doesn't seem like a long time for all the veterans in the room, but uh, it's been a lot of growing for us. And uh, we really did a lot of growing uh, before our relationship as well. It was rocky. There are a lot of ups and downs. And for those of you that know our story, yep, shame on me for how I didn't fully want to commit all the way and there was a lot of Ross and Rachel on again, off again type of relationships. That's all my fault. I've grown, I've learned, uh, but man, I love my wife so much and if you would ask me the number one thing that I learned about, not just marriage, but relationships in general is that relationships are spelt W-O-R-K, relationships take work and all the husbands in the room said, hey men, relationships take work. Doctors say that uh, there needs to be discipline in relationship. You know, it's easy to let your hair down and to show your worst side when you get home after a long day, and, uh, which is why the phrase, you always hurt the ones you love, rings true for many of us. People in healthy relationships have the discipline not to treat their counterpart or their friends or their wife or whoever in their life poorly. The uh, late Austrian psychologist Victor E. Frankl, I hope I'm saying that right, said between stimulus and response there is a space, and in that space is the pa- is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. You know, in between a stimulant or an interruption or an event happening in our life, and be- in between our response, that there defines who we are as a person. So a person is defined by how they respond to an interruption. And all the parents in the room said, mate, are you serious? Do uh, you know how many times I get interrupted every day, you know, trying to have coffee with someone and I look over at my kid, they're covered in mud. Okay, cool, interruption. I don't have any kids for my own. I've just seen as an uncle and, you know, I've been the other person. Your kid's covered in mud, by the way. Um, but but we get, we, a person is defined by how they respond to an interruption, and so that begs the question for all of us, how do we respond to interruptions? If we're defined by how we respond, how we act in our friendships, in our marriages, through all of our relationships, how do we respond? How do we act? Uh, First one, I believe, we're called to promote one another. In 1 Samuel 18 I'm reading from the NLT, uh, you can email me about it later, but uh, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him go home, probably because Jonathan was like, hey, I'm friends with this guy. Don't let him go home. I want to, you know, be buddy buddies. Uh, And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, his sword, bow, and belt. Yeah, you know, the friendship of David and Jonathan is probably the most iconic friendship in the Old Testament Bible. They uh, they constantly looked out for each other. They, they even Jonathan would go so far to disobey orders, not just from his dad but the king as well. And uh, Jonathan showed how much he was committed to his. Friendship with David by sacrificing his life over and over again. And to understand how we're supposed to promote one another, we need to understand the significance of what Jonathan was doing for David in that moment. He stripped off his robe, his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. That was Jonathan's way of saying that, hey, David, even though I am the heir, to the throne, you're called to it. So I'm not going to let my status, I'm not going to let my prestige get in the way of your calling. And I'm not going to let my status and my prestige get in the way of our friendship as well. I wonder if there's any people in the room that you kind of need to strip down a little bit, not in that way, but you need to strip down your status. You kind of need to take the position of a servant that Jesus said for all of us. And we need to be doing life together. I get that all of us are great life coaches sometimes or we're great gurus and we have it all together. But man, I think we need to humble ourselves. Life gets tough. And I don't need someone to tell me how to do it or here's your five tips, you know, life hacks or anything. I need someone that I can grieve with. I need someone that I can process grief with. I need someone that can promote me when I'm feeling down. You know, David was coming from a shepherd boy environment into the kingdom. Do you know how uncomfortable that probably would have felt for him? And here's Jonathan being a friend, saying, mate, even though I am the prince, even though I am, you know, holding myself to uh, such status and prestige, even though everyone in the kingdom is, I'm not going to let it get in the way of our friendship. We need to be promoting one another. Paul even says this to the church in Thessalonica, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing this. this, this not just, it's not great just to send your friend reels or TikToks or whatever, there is a sense of building Each other up. Let me cook you a meal one night. Let me let me let me serve you some way that I can, which actually brings me to my second point. We need to be serving one another as friends. You know, uh, in Exodus chapter four. Now the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So Aaron went and met Moses at the mountain of God, and he embraced him. More on that in a minute. Moses then went to Aaron and told the lord uh, and told everything the lord had that he had commanded him to say and he told him about the miraculous signs the lord had commanded him to perform then moses and aaron returned to egypt and they called the elders of israel together aaron told them everything the lord had told moses and moses performed the signs as they watched then the people of israel were convinced that the lord had sent moses and aaron when they heard that the lord was concerned about them and seen their misery they bowed down and worshipped him. Although Moses and Aaron were brothers, if you don't know the story, uh, they were also really close friends. When Moses was called by God and had an encounter with him through the burning bush, and God said, I need you to go and speak to the people of Egypt, Moses was like, "Uh uh-uh, not me. I stutter, not good at public speaking. It's not me. And so he kind of had a little bit of a intercession moment with God. And he's like, not me. Like, I can't speak. I'm not worthy enough. And so God says, all right, Aaron, your brother, will do it. And we see this beautiful relationship on how they are serving each other for the community where Moses was the one to perform the signs and Aaron was the spokesperson as well. And that is what convinced Israel that God is still for them. I wonder for your workplace, who is the person that you need to partner with in order to change the environment that you're currently in? In uh, Ecclesiastes, it says two people are better off than one they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real, real trouble. I kind of want to ask another question to all of us here in the morning. Who is the Moses in your life? Who is the person who's clearly been called by God, but just needs a friend? Who is that person you can be the Aaron to, be the spokesperson, be the, hey, let me just strip off my status and promote you right now. Let me just lift you up. Let me encourage you. How can I serve you the best way that I can? I think we all need to find some sort of Moses in our life. And for you in this room, if you're feeling like a Moses, you've been called, You've been surrounded by just doubt and insecurity, and you're considering, you're criticizing your own way of doing things. And let me encourage you this church is a beautiful place full of errands. Ahrens that want to help you, errands that want to serve and encourage you and lift you up and build you up. So please, if you haven't filled out the red card, we want to find a spot for you. I've been doing it every week. I'm the red card guy. Uh, but we've been doing it every week. Get connected into the church because that is just our heart here at Elevation Church that you would just find your community as we're all sharing together in the body of Christ. Now I'm going to move uh, to Ruth chapter 1, 16. And uh, if you haven't picked up already, I've kind of taken a case study from the Old Testament and I'm kind of putting together, that's how you do a theology. Uh, And so from Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, Ruth says, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Uh, For those of you that don't know the story, Ruth's husband and Naomi's son, same person, a couple of other people, died in the family and they were left alone. And Naomi was actually giving Ruth the right to say, you can go back home. You can worship other gods uh, and, and you can... I release you right now. I hold no burdens or anything towards you. This is a hard time. We're all going through grief and, you know, let's just process it separately. But Ruth says, no, I won't abandon you. Our friendship is too important to let some hard circumstance get in the way between us and to let our friendship be destroyed because of it. And it was tough. You continue reading in the story that they go to Bethlehem. And uh, life was difficult for them. Each day, Ruth had to go out into the fields just to pick up leftover bits of grain in order just to feed both of them. So even though they had a hard circumstance, there were still harder circumstances to still come. But Ruth, I love her spirit. We never, ever leave each other. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'm committed to you, which is my third point. We commit to one another. We promote one another. We serve one another. And we commit. One another. In uh, Proverbs three, three it says, "Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart." And uh, just if we could fast forward as I start to wrap this up. Oh, sorry, rewind as I start to wrap this up. Uh, I want to go back to first part in Exodus. Where it said, Now the Lord had said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness and meet Moses. So Aaron went and met Moses at the foot of the mountain of God and he embraced him. For those of you that don't know the story, this is, I think, the first interaction between Aaron and Moses from when Moses killed an Egyptian and fled to Moab to live out his life. And it's just such an interesting interaction because this is decades after they've seen each other. There's no sarcastic put down from Aaron saying, hey, murderer, what's going on? Like, there's none of that. Aaron embraced him because there was enough time that went past that he was saying, look, you're my brother. You're my friend. Come here. Like, yes, you've done something wrong, but mate, we're here. We've both been called by God and we're both serving God together. Let me embrace you. Let there be intimacy between us. There's nothing in between us right now. Let us embrace, have a little cuddle and get over it. You know, um, this is a difficult message to preach, but I think uh, it's a big call for all of us. Again, who is the Moses in our life that we need to reconcile with? In week one, Ben preached about uh, how we need to unfriend some people and week two, Miles preached about how we need to be present and open and right now, I kind of want to charge all of us in this place. I know that there are times where yes, we need to be letting friendships go but not because of a bad circumstance or a disagreement or because of a fight or bitterness or anger. We, we live and we worship a God who is for unity, who wants to see His people living intimately as a body of Christ. So, who is the Moses that you need to go after? Who is the person that you need to be reconciled with? I'll end with this quote by G. Randolph. It says, Truly great friends are hard to find, difficult to leave, and impossible to forget. You know, just as I, as I close right now, there, there are a lot of relationships that we have. And it takes wisdom to try to figure out if we need to unfriend some people or we need to reconcile some people. And uh, it takes wisdom. And from my experience, you know, where do we start? How do I know if this is a relationship that I need to unfriend because we have different interests and different stages of life? Or how do I know that I need to be reconciled in this relationship? You know, from what we read, we saw that between... Aaron going into the wilderness and from Moses and Aaron embracing, there was the mountain of God in the middle of it. It's beautifully written. They didn't have to include that. But there is the mountain of God between them. And I think our time of reconciliation starts with an encounter with God to get us on the right heart, to get us on the right track, to seek God like never before and to ask Him, does this need to be reconciled? Or do I still need more time to process this? I really feel that there are some people in the room in this struggle right now. And so just as I close, I'd love to pray for all of us right now. And so if you are that person, I don't want to do anything weird. I don't want to say like, oh, stand up. Look, you've got a bad friendship. Anyway, I I don't want to do that. I just want to create a space and a moment because relationships are tough. So if that's you, I don't want you to stand up I don't want you to, you know, shout or anything. I just want you to do simply this. Just pray with me as I pray for all of us as I come to a close. If you want to, you can open up your hands in your palm just as a gesture of saying, yes, I'm receiving this prayer. But come on, why don't we all pray this morning? Father, I pray, Lord, that You would send Your Holy Spirit. God, You would give us the wisdom from heaven, as it says in James, that is pure, peaceable, open to reason, full of mercy, full of fruitfulness, Lord. I pray that you would give us the discernment through encountering you, Jesus, whether we need to reconcile with some relationships that we have. God, give us the patience, Lord. Help us find peace. Help us find love in this time, Lord. And I thank you, God, for all of these relationships that we have in our life. You created us for community, Lord. We're a body, Lord, and we put you at the head of it all, Jesus. We thank you in your mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.